You're watching the Stick Niner Empire Podcast. Welcome to your Steak Niner Empire podcast. I'm here with your two wonderful hosts, Lucas and Luke. I'm Iyer Mike. Let's jump right into it, guys. The 49ers won this week by the score of 22 to 16. I think this was a great win in the sense that we had to claw our way back on top. I think this is a character win. I think this was the biggest game for us of the year so far because it proves what we're capable of doing. And let's face it, guys, we came out of this game. I don't think we came out with no injuries if i'm correct so your thoughts on it starting with you luke so i think one of the biggest things that happened in this game was the adjustments uh on the part of the defense you guys at halftime i mean to get that quick touchdown san diego kind of scared us a little bit but man they, they just really made those adjustments i think the last two weeks correct me if i'm wrong i don't know that uh we've allowed any points in the second half the last two weeks correct Correct. Which is a sign that D'Amico Ryans is going to be a head coach soon. I mean, uh, it's a sign that uh, they're making some serious adjustments at halftime, which uh, the defense, I think, especially in this game, you know, we needed them because it wasn't so easy on offense. And then they kind of put it together in the second half. Um, Ayuk ended up having a big game, but, man, that was a huge drop in the end zone. I don't know. What, what was your take on this one, Lucas? So, yeah, Jimmy put it on him. I mean, I thought he had the best game of anybody on the team. Um, we don't win that game unless Jimmy is as clutch and as efficient as he was on third down. Um, he made he made a, a couple of big-time throws. He put it on Brandon Ayuk on a, on a huge third down in the fourth quarter that we really needed that really impressed me. I thought the play he uh, extended – and was able to hit Ray Ray McLeod on a big 30 yarder. Huge. Which also was, huge was something thing. we're just, we're not really used to seeing that in the four or five years that Jimmy's been on the team. And I think he's just getting more and more comfortable every week, boys. Like he's playing like a top five quarterback right now. And he keeps this up. We're, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're, we're going to be playing in Glendale, Arizona come February. So I loved what I saw out of Jimmy. No interceptions, no interception worthy throws, even. You know, you can make a case last week against, for the last game against the Rams that, you know, probably could have had one or two interceptions that were dropped. Um, so it's back-to-back weeks, no, no turnovers by, by Jimmy. Uh, Brandon, I, you you know, if you take away the, the drop and the fumble, Big game. he had a really good game that, that would have put him over the top. That would have been his, his big game of the year so far, but loved what I saw out of him. What we really didn't have is a lot of Debo, a lot of Kittle. And I guess for the first part of the game, you can kind of say Christian McCaffrey was involved, but Elijah Mitchell was kind of, was kind of given the task and uh, kind of ending the game or, or finishing the game. I thought he had, uh, he had an, an amazing first game, you know, for, for a guy that hasn't played since week two, he thought, he, I thought he was, he was looking, he was looking really quick, elusive, finishing runs, getting extra yards, breaking tackles. Um, I love what I saw of Elijah Mitchell. It's so good to have him back. 
And so we don't just have a one-two punch. We have a one-two-three punch in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey, Debo, and Elijah Mitchell back there. It's going to be scary. I, I think going forward, we're going to get more and more from the run attack. And we're not even going to have to rely on, on Jimmy too much other than, you know, maybe some short third-down conversions here and there. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? What you, would you think out of your boy, Jimmy Garoppolo, baby? <laughs> well, before I jump to Jimmy, let, let me just reiterate everything you just said. Right. It was wonderful to watch Elijah Mitchell play the way he did. Man, he looked yes, like sir. he never missed a beat. Man, I don't know if it was my eyes or what. He looked just, he looked like the exact same player, but I almost feel like he was, his vision was just opening up. He was catching everything and he was dishing out punishment there. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he was running through tackles also, you know? Yeah. Kudos right. to him. Kudos to him. He's going to make this offense much more explosive. As far as Jimmy, Jimmy probably did have his best game of the year. I agree with you. I did write down notes on it. Um, There were no interception worthy throws. And if Jimmy does play like that, then I'm going to totally agree with you. We, this is a Super Bowl caliber team if jimmy continues to play that that way um, i think they're, they're I close think... to 50 percent on their third down conversions too as well, well they... I mean, that was huge the, third my, and my, long my, third and eight my plus my like only almost 50 percent my only gripe would be that he he still throws the ball a little ahead of the receiver but i'd rather have him throw ahead of the receiver than behind the receiver where it could be an interception so, or something like that to his to his defense i think he actually threw the ball away three times, which brings him to a grand total of four this year, which is really hard to believe just in the, you know, the modern quarterback, like, you know, if it's not there, you throw the ball down, you know, you throw the ball away, you throw, throw it, it away. into the, the sideline, you throw it into the, the feet of the receiver. In the area of the receiver. Guys. Yeah. It has to be he actually did that. special. He was credited. This is uh NFL credited with three throwaways. So add that to the one prior to this game, and he's got a grand total of four. I like that. It's on a roll. See more of that. Yeah, yeah. If it's not there, you know, don't take the sack. Don't don't throw the interception. Yeah, yeah don't make the smart it. play. Do the do what Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have done for years to avoid taking those big losses. So, you know, maybe this is a, uh this is the new Jimmy. I'm gonna give him an Let's A minus. How's that? Just because I thought a few of the passes to Ayuk, Ayuk really had to stretch out. I'm going to give him an A minus uh, because I think yeah. he did everything he had to do, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I would have to agree with that. I'd have to agree with that. And I think that the only bad thing he probably did this whole game is he didn't get that first third down uh, quarterback sneak, but then he picked it up on the fourth down. So other than that, he had a, he had a near flawless game. Yeah, I was calling for that play in the end zone, man. Just run it up with Jimmy. You're yeah. going to get it. Just run it up with Jimmy. He's the king of that, you know? Um, yeah. Since we're on awards, uh, what, what's it called? The Golden Tip Award? The Golden Stick Award. <laughs> Not the Golden Tip. The Golden Stick Award. Who gets the Golden Stick Award this week? I believe that's that's what the, the best defensive player of the yeah. game. Who's up Who's up first? Who, who picked last week? I picked first last week, round the horn. So let's okay. start with uh, Arango. I think, actually, no, it's you. Lucas, you're first. Then Arango, then All right, Arango. this one's going to be easy. Charles Amenahu. So I found this out yesterday, and I thought it was a very uh, telling stat. He's, when it comes to pass rush win rate, he's one of the top five guys in the league. So we're talking guys like Miles Garrett, wow. Bosa, um, uh, Micah Parsons. 
you know, three guys you consider to be like the top pass rushers in the league. Wow. He's number four on that list ahead of Micah Parsons. So every time he rushes the, the, the quarterback, he either gets a pressure or wins the matchup or gets the sack at a very high rate. I think it's somewhere in the, the teens, which for a guy coming to the season, we didn't really think of as going to be, you know, that important of a player. He's, he's turned out to be our second best pass rusher next to Nick. Like Nick's, you know, Nick's never going to be second fiddle to anybody on, on this team, but Charles Amani, you had a hell of a game. He, he had some, uh, he had some good pressures. He just seemed like he was around the ball a lot. Um, I, I think he's been the brightest spot or the brightest surprise on the defense so far this year. And yeah, he gets my golden spike. Um, Rango, you're up. What do you got? Is he is he part of the NASCAR package when they do that? Like with all the he is. defensive he is. Yeah, ends? yeah. I, I can't I can't remember if he, he gets lined up on the inside or the outside. I think they put him on the inside yeah, and bring in Drake inside. Jackson as the the outside defensive he end. Defensive on the other end, yeah, yeah. Right. He's amazing. Um, my, mine will be pretty easy. I'm, I'm going to go with old traditional. I got to go with Nick Boza, not because of, I think he had like five, four or five pressures. He had a sack, um, but because of everything he does around it, like forcing the quarterback, even if he doesn't get a pressure, he's still pushing the pocket from one area. So other guys can get sacks and make great plays as well. Um, Nick Boza, I mean, he's the most held player in the NFL the last two years straight. No one's even close to that. And he's just fantastic, and he always finds a way around it. He never complains, and he's he's just a star. And, he, and you know, and God forbid injuries hurt him or derail his career. He's on that trajectory, you know, talent-wise. He should be a Hall of Famer one day if he could just keep this up. And with his work ethic, I mean, there's no reason to think he wouldn't get there. Hell yeah. I give it to Nick. Nice. So Luke, you're up. You know, you guys both took my guys, and you took my words and my guys. So that's why I was happy I got to pick twice. <laughs> Second, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna no, say, no, no. We actually left you somebody really good, and I'm hoping you take it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. We guys, did. You you can say who that is, but after I have my thought on this one, and that okay. this is a very um, this is a tough tough limb to climb out on. But I'm gonna say Greenlaw. The reason why I'm gonna say that is because one that. That play he got kicked out on was complete BS. Bullshit. Terrible call. And the second one, yeah. he was playing a great game until that happened, and it was not his fault that he left, but he handled it professionally, and he just left the field with a grin on his face because he knew it was bullshit. But uh, I'm going to take Greenlaw because I think that it's important that people realize that he, he didn't do anything wrong on that play. And, spe and especially when you consider if he was a free runner at that point, you know, they, they called it because he's a quarterback, no matter what they say in New York. Uh, I, obviously, if that was a regular player, that play, and he got pushed into Greenlaw's helmet, and he didn't lower his head. So it was. Yeah, uh, no, yeah the, the reason his head was being lowered is Greenlaw's aiming for a moving target. So as he's tackling the quarterback, the quarterback's going down. Greenlaw's trying to hit a moving target. I, I don't think there was any. He, he wasn't trying to do anything malicious. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't trying to do anything malicious or anything like that. He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's all. It was a BS call, as you stated earlier. He should not have been kicked out. Even the announcers agreed. Yeah, so I'm going with yeah. Greenlaw and not Lenore. Or who are you thinking? <laughs> so I thought you were going to go with Elijah Mitchell, just in terms no, of. No, but he, we're going. He, it's defense he, around the horn. Only defense. Oh, we're just horn. going defense. Yeah, okay. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I would have. <laughs> I would have gone maybe Fred Warner. I mean, he did wind up 
having the most tackles. Yeah, yeah. He had, uh, he had some good pressures. I like the fact that D'Amico was sending him on some blitzes, and that seems to be in a very, a very uh, effective blitz when he he puts him on the line of scrimmage and he has him loop around. It seems like he always either gets to the quarterback or at least forces an early throw, which can lead to turnover. So I want to see more of that. I I love as great a coverage linebacker as he is and and sticking to tight ends and and wide receivers. I love seeing him blitz. It just hits home. It hits home nine times out of ten. If I had to pick a player that did not get disqualified, um, (laughs) it would be probably Warner or or, um, Lenore. I think that it's hard to to see Lenore as a player of the game or something or getting the game ball, but if you look at his play, he had to step in in a really tough spot, and he held his own for the most part. There was a pass interference call that's questionable, but in general, I think that to come in and be the starter now, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, he's had a quiet, nice two or three games. I would say two games. He didn't really play that well against the Chiefs. They kind of – they kind of picked on him a little bit, but I think the last two games he's given up only maybe two, three catches for like yeah. seven yards. I heard, which is just stupid good. So yeah, you got to give it to Lenore. Like he's 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 kind of coming to his own. I want to see how he does against some of the the better elite wide receivers. That's one thing that San Diego didn't have coming into this matchup is a lot of uh, healthy talent. I think yeah. their their top four wide receivers were all hurt. So you know, before we go anointing him as this uh that's true you know star star quarterback i want to see it against yeah you know some of the the better the better wide receivers out there well then and uh you could also take hufanga who sealed the game with that incredible catch i thought right. I, I thought it hit the ground man until i saw the replay I, that was I, a killer interception that was a killer interception. it was a great interception but i just I can't give it to Alfongo based on that blown coverage he gave up. Yep. The first quarter I was, was going to say this. Drive. I was thinking yeah. the exact same yeah. thing early in the game. Yeah. yeah. You can't give it to him. Yeah. pretty rough, man. Yeah. That was a complete yeah. mental breakdown. He should have been back there defending that, that deep pass. And yeah, that was, that was completely on him. But again, so. credit to Miko Ryans for making the adjustments and halftime after that, they didn't look back, man. They, they definitely made the proper adjustments, which is huge in a game like that. Cause it, it was a closer game than any of us would have wanted to have, you know? Yeah. So guys, I want to kind of transition to down in the trenches, but make it more of a discussion. We got to talk about Mike McGlinchey. Like I'm getting a, a lot of anger and, and, you know, uh, aggression towards him. I think people think he's playing bad because he has these like very visible two or three plays a game. You know, it could be a holding at a, at a crucial time or a, a missed block that leads to a, a, a pressure or a sack. I don't think he's playing that bad, guys. Like, he actually was rated fairly well this last game. If you look at the top players rated by PFF, Pro Football Focus, he was the sixth best niner on the team on Sunday. Like, that's not a bad game. He ha- they have him ranked against all the other starters on the team as being the sixth best that started. But for whatever reason, everybody wants to, you know, say he needs to be benched or traded or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I think a lot of people that don't really know the game and don't watch offense alignment every single play don't realize that most reps are pretty good for him. Yeah. And, you know, it, it helps that we had a healthy Trent Williams lately that, that really helps push that line. And I think, 
when he's out there, they all play better, including McGlinchey. Did you guys How notice do you think that he, play? He's been playing with Trent Williams. Like, look at what happened with Mitchell. He, he had a hundred plus yards in that game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. I'm just saying that that with the run, with 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 a healthy Williams and McGlinchey's been holding his own as far as the run game goes. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? I, I, th- I think his fifth year option is going to be a big topic of discussion, obviously, this offseason. Um, it, it's tough to make a decision on him because he might have played good 90, 98% of the game, but I think he gave up two sacks, didn't he? Also, though, can't remember if it was yeah. one or two. I know I he gave up at least one. We didn't have any, I don't think we had any sacks this oh, last right. game. No. Really? None? No sacks. That, yeah, I, no sacks. He had a clean jersey. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then he really did have a good game. I was on the impression. Maybe they took one back or something. I, I don't know. Cause yeah. I remember the, it was, it was discussed by the, by the announcers. Um, Man, it's hard to pinpoint on him. You know, here's the thing though. We don't have anyone better than him behind him. So if that's exactly. the case, you basically have to resign him if that's the case, but he's going to command quite a decent chunk of change based on the years he's been playing. So they're thinking anywhere from like 13 to 15. I think that's too much though. Yeah. So and here's I, the thing know, is 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 is, is he's while t- he's, he's a deficient tough player. Yeah. He's he's deficient as a pass blocker. We all know that he's a little stiff, but he's one of the best run blocking tackles yes. in the game. Wonderful. Yeah. He's yeah he is literally right there with Trent Williams in in in, in run blocking grade. Yeah. So you know, look at it as a, a basketball player who's great on defense, like a Draymond Green, but then, you know, gives you very little offensively other than, you know, passing and rebounding. You know, it's 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 a tough call. Like, do you pay a player like that? Do you appreciate a player like that? Or do you kick him to the curb? And I, you know, I think they try, try to, to work find it out another with Trent, Trent Williams, which, you know, those are too much once in a generation players. Yeah, exactly. Too much can't, money. Can't two Trent Williams. They have to try and get him at a bargain price or at a decent rate, and we try and resign him. That's what I think that they'll do. But if yeah. there's any corner that they want to cut, I think that they might shoot there. But again, it, it really depends financially how much is he willing to take or not take. Could also partly depend on what happens the rest of this season, how they end up doing. I mean, if we actually do go to the Super Bowl and win and he has a big game and it could change everything right i mean as far as like picking him up for another year right now i would say probably not because a lot of these young guys they're developing are good and uh you know i don't know that he's after that many years you know he's he's proven that he's okay he's pretty good and he's really good at times and good at certain things but then obviously has some weaknesses that get exploited sometimes you know yeah i mean what are their alternatives do we yeah do we do we move Spencer Burford to right tackle and maybe start someone like uh, Poe. I think he's on the practice squad, but you know, he's, he's somebody that looked good in the preseason. And I, I thought was going to make the team for sure. Or do we put someone like Jalen Moore on the right side? You know, so those are, those are things to consider, but I think right now our best option is stick with what's working. And right now what's working is Mike McGlinchey on the right side. No oh, sacks. Yeah. We won. We ran the ball effectively. We had a, close to 150 yards on the ground. So let's go with that, like option A. What was your grade as far as um, quarterback protection on that during that game, uh, Lucas? They did a pretty good job. Um, so, yeah, like 
Jimmy was rushed a little bit. I don't think he uh, he didn't have any sacks, but he was he definitely had to get rid of the ball pretty fast on a couple plays and throw the ball away, which I'm glad he did. Uh, I would give them an A minus. You know, it wasn't perfect. I thought McGlinchey was getting pushed back a little bit by by Khalil Mack, but yeah. you know, any anytime Tough you have to assignment. go against a guy that's <laughs> yeah, he's 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 one of the best pass rushers in the league. Like yeah. he's another guy that was in the the top five in, in pass rush efficiency. You know, he's going to get his. It's a tough assignment. He's strong. He's fast. He's very athletic. So nobody's going to play well against him. And you could tell, like, he was avoiding going up against Trent Williams. He wanted to, to see if he could pick on McGlinchey. And, you know, he had some good pressure, but he didn't get any sacks in the end. So I'd have to give the entire team as a whole an A-. minus. And I just want to point out a little bonus shout-out to Aaron Banks. Still hasn't allowed a sack all season. Nice. I think he's he's been our best, most consistent, healthiest offensive lineman so far this year. So that's awesome. love what I see out of the the second year guy out of Notre Dame. Just on a, on an off note, did anybody notice? I thought this was the funniest play of the game. There was a play when Trent Williams pulled out from the left side and he ran toward the right, and all the linebackers, half the team on the Chargers went after Trent Williams thinking the running back was going that way when the running back was going no, the which, other way. <laughs> which, which, which play was that? Was oh, it a, oh, man, I can't tell you what quarter, but I thought it was hysterical. It's like if they got they got dummied by Trent Williams. Everyone <laughs> ran after yeah. Trent Williams instead of running after the running back because they thought was when the they – when... Was it the naked boot that Jimmy got? I can't – they ran strong left, but Trent Williams pulled out, like stunted out okay. and went – toward this like the middle right and then like everyone emerged there and meanwhile i think it was elijah mitchell just jogs into like the left he didn't jog in but he just ran through the left i thought it was hysterical like you're you're looking you're looking for the wrong guy man that guy's not an offensive weapon gotta love those misdirection plays that throw everyone off it's like that was that that caught me i I saw the game for the second time last night i didn't catch it the first time but i thought it was kind of funny you know, nice. going for the biggest guy there instead of going for the actual offensive player, offensive weapon. Right, you know? right, right. But pretty good stuff. So man. let's get in. Let's get into this next week's matchup. We're in uh, Mexico City, boys. Well, we're not in Mexico, Mexico City. City. But the, the team States, will be right? in Mexico City against man, the Mexico Arizona City's Cardinals. not ready for me, man. Mexico City's not ready for me if I go there. So that's yeah. another primetime game only in Mexico City, right? Yeah, it's going to be Monday night. Nice. Estadio Azteca. In Mexico City, I think that city has got about like twenty million something people in that surrounding area. So <laughs> wow, I heard, I heard, I heard most of them are Niner fans too. Like, believe nice. it or not, there's a big Niner following in Mexico City. It, it makes sense because you know Mexico Metallica overall. goes there regularly, and they're huge there. Yeah, in Mexico City, so, like when Metallica has a concert, it's like a huge deal, and Metallica right. represents San Francisco, which Niners. So this should be oh, a case where. Sense, yeah. Even though technically it's an Arizona Cardinals home game, I think it's going to be overwhelmingly for the 49ers. So look for them to have to do things like silent silent counts and, you know, adjust for the crowd noise because I think it's going to be overwhelmingly 49er fans down there. Um, what do you guys think? How, how's it going to play out? What's your predictions for the game? Go ahead, Arango. Take it. Uh, before I get into predictions, I think Cardinal fans are just weird people in general. <laughs> if you ever met a Cardinal <laughs> fan, I was at a bar for the first game with Susie and there were like three, four Cardinal fans behind us. And I was like, now this is something you don't see a traveling 
Cardinals fan, you know, but they weren't really traveling for the game. They were just, you know, anyway, I, to, to make a long story short, I just I, I don't see Cardinal fans traveling as well as Niner fans. I think the Niner fans have really taken the bull by the horns, man. You know, Steeler fans were always famous for years and years for traveling so well. So were Packer fans. Packer fans aren't traveling the way they used to. I don't I don't know what the deal is with that, but 49er fans are just taking over game after game wherever we go. You see it in every stadium. It's a beautiful thing, right? So as far as the Cardinals go, they got DeAndre Hopkins back, right? Just a few weeks ago or so. He's be- so. so that's what, yeah. So Dorch now is taking a back seat. D-Hop's a wonderful receiver. I've never been a big fan of Kyler Murray. I'm glad that we drafted Boza. I don't think he's going to play. Wasn't, wasn't, Colt, wasn't Colt McCoy playing last game? What's the oh, what's no. the status on Kyler Murray? Not Colt McCoy. Colt no. McCoy. The guy, yeah. the guy, the guy, the guy who raped us the, the last game. You know, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want to face two two games ago. We don't want to face Colt crazy McCoy. Is as a backup for the Cardinals, he has a win against every team in the NFC West. Oh He's wow. beaten us, the Rams, and the and wow. the Seahawks. So, <laughs> and we're not we're see we're not in we're not at home. And we're not at our home away from home, Arizona, which we, we had to play there because of COVID, right, for a while. Yeah. So we had a lot of fans there. Mexico City is kind of a – we don't even know what this game is going to be like as far as the fans go. Hopefully you're right, Arango, and a lot of Niner fans go. But, man, that's kind of scary just because that Colt, man, he's got our – I don't know what it is, you know. Maybe well, he has I, the I, Jedi mind trick thing going on. Oh, uh, no. And I, for I whatever know. reason, the, the Cardinals just always play as well. It's just like one of those – yeah. Teams, well, part of the be, reason, a big part of that reason is, and I would still be afraid of playing the Cardinals. Just like uh, you know, they're gonna. I would say the biggest part of that though is usually not stopping Kyler Murray's running ability. He he's always been able to those little short quarterbacks that run around and do those tricks that you know those little midget guys like Russell Wilson, these little pee wee football guys. They give us a hard time, you know, and he's he's not an exception. You know, he he he's a hard guy to catch. Again, I'm not sure if he's playing this game or not, but if he's playing, he gives us a hard time. If it's Colt McCoy, man, I, I don't see any reason to not think that we're not going to beat these guys up. I mean, I, I can't think of anything much that they do better than us, really. You know, especially the way the defense is playing as of late. You know, if we keep mm-hmm. playing like this, Niners 27, because it, I think our offensive blowout – we, we're going to have to start scoring more points. I see it coming little by little. So, you know what? Let me go a little long. Let me go a little bit more, right? Let me go like 33 points, 32 points around that area, 31 points, over 30. Niners over 30, Cardinals seven. You know, nothing's been easy this year. I mean, so far it's been pretty <laughs> rough. But even when they wah, get a wah. big win, even when they get a big win, you look at it and go, God, it was just too close. It's just things are not happening as easy as we'd like. But this game, I see McCaffrey having a huge game because of last game. He probably feels like they didn't get him involved enough to win the game because he's pretty much as good as he he can back it up, right? So I think that Mitchell and him equally have big games. But I think you see more of McCaffrey and and being able to get that ball that that like he threw to McLeod out of the backfield when you hit him in stride, he's going for 20 yards a, a play on that because they don't know who to cover at that point. You know, It's tough with, with a healthy Debo, but I also would like to see more targets towards Kittle's way because 
two targets in a game like that that got so close, man, that was not enough. Kittle needs to get the ball more, and I think in this game you see him, McCaffrey, uh, have big games and uh, two touchdowns apiece, possibly. Um, so, but in the end, I'm, I see we has, we end up put in Purdy for the last two series, and it's forty-eight to twenty-one Niners. Nice. 21. So, give him 21 points. Ouch. I'm, I'm going to give us for the halftime two, adjustments. I'm going to give you guys two predictions for the price of one. If Kyler Murray starts, our offense is going to score at least 40 points. Our defense will probably give up somewhere around 20 something points, but I think they're going to be like late blowout uh, garbage points in, 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 towards the end of the game when it's already out of hand. If Colt McCoy starts, I think it's going to be a much closer game. I think they they're going to run the ball more. They're not going to they're not going to uh, be as explosive or um, turnover you know turnover susceptible run as many turnover susceptible plays. I think it's going to be a much closer game. I think it's going to be twenty four to twenty one. It's going to be like a Robbie Gold. Uh, kick at the end to win the game. So I just feel like it's they're a much better team with Colt McCoy as their quarterback than they are with Kyler Murray. So we'll see how it happens. We'll see if, if, if Kyler does wind up coming back and starting, but I think we're going to have a much easier go of it if he's the quarterback. I just, I don't think he's a, he's, he's a consistently good quarterback. He's, he's, he makes a ton of mistakes know. out there. He's, he's, yeah. he's very inaccurate. He, he, you know, causes a lot of turnovers for his team and, I just like our, uh, our ability to to score points on them when he's in the uh, when he's in the game. We're going to have short shorter fields. We're going to get turnovers, so that's going to lead to more to more points and more success for us. So that's that's how I see it go down. It's all it all depends on who's the the quarterback for the Cardinals. And Cole McCoy is. It's going to be a much more of a nail biter. Interesting. Interesting. I, I agree with you, though. I, I think Kyler Murray is, is nowhere near as accurate as fantasy really? owners would like him to be. I've seen him. I've seen him like blow a game like a wide open receiver and just just doesn't nail him. The guy that's mm-hmm. wide open with zero coverage. He just throws it bad. You know, I'd like to see us keep going deep to McLeod and, and they'll hook up eventually. because He's open a lot when he goes deep. He's fast. Man, if we get him involved man. more and more, that's that's just there's so many balls. There's just not enough balls to to get out to all these. Either dudes. that, it would be nice to see him return a kick for a touchdown, which we haven't had in so long. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even remember the last time. Maybe Ted Ginn Jr. or something. Yeah, I think so. I think mean, that was the last time. Wow, that's we're talking in the ten year range, you guys. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, Kyle that's Williams. Insane. Anybody? Kyle Williams. Can't recall. I remember him, but I can't recall. I I remember him for other things, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I remember for I don't other. Think he ever returned one for us. He only uh, all the memories are bad. All the memories are negative. Anyways, boys, great show. There you have it, guys. Next week after after a victory over the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City, and uh, let's yeah, right before Thanksgiving, let's get it done. Again, just to reiterate on that, the great show, guys, as well. If you notice, uh, nobody has a drink for a change, so that tells you that it's the morning and we all 
or go and sit the more to work. <laughs> yeah, well, I got, I still, I'm still working on the coffee, so. And you don't okay. know what's in my coffee mug, just for, you know. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> You're watching the stick night. Yeah. So oh, before you guys... get out, just, yeah. just yeah. want to say happy birthday or belated birthday to Luke. Happy he birthday, Luke. 70, turned 73 uh, yesterday. <laughs> 73. Looks great. Looks great for his age. Um, he's, he's, he's aged very well. I, I got to get on his uh, keto paleo diet or whatever, he, whatever he's doing. Stay so young. Great. Happy birthday. Thank you, guys. Go That'll Niners, and uh, let's get another victory on a Monday night here in Mexico City. Let's do Niners. it. Go Niners. Go Niners. Good show.